taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our hosts and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, PPC friends, this is another episode of PPC Rockstars, and I am here today with um, multiple guests, a uh, guest who's been on multiple times, um, and today we're going to talk a little more strategically than we usually do. We're not going to talk about PPC tactics. We're going to talk about things you should think about if you're a PPC manager. And my guest is none other than Michelle Stinson Ross, who is the Vice President of Marketing Operations for Apogee Results down in Austin. Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Um, I just gave you a promotion, by the way. <laughs> now, if we could only convince my CEO no, no problem. that that's necessary. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know where to find him. <laughs> okay, so. You have uh, generously agreed to talk about some issues that um, PPC managers should think about even before they sit down with AdWords editor. And we're going to talk about um, barriers to starting advertising, cutting through the noise and clutter, and what are the paid media options throughout the customer journey. So I'm just going to let you start and we'll just have a nice conversation. I like it. Well, you know, here we are the middle of November. We're certainly in the middle of holiday promotion season. Most people are probably in the budget planning set season for 2020. And I, I just kind of wanted to zoom out a little bit as we're planning our marketing budgets, as we're planning our ad, um, advertising budgets, how about we think about how that's going to work across multiple channels, right? right. What's going to get us the best benefit out of all of this spend and effort in 2020. That's on my mind. <laughs> Isn't it on most? Yeah. Um, I will say that what I've noticed through the course of this year in working with clients, um, speaking at conferences, all that kind of stuff that I still feel like, and it seems odd at this point in time in 2019, working our way in 2020, that there's still a lot of siloing in the way that we do our marketing communication. So for instance, there is a specific budget that is allocated to social media. There's another separate budget that's allocated to PPC and neither do the twain often meet. Mm -hmm. Truly. And Honestly, that, that's one of the things I'd like to see us start breaking down because truly it's an advertising budget. It's a digital advertising budget. And what I spend in social has an impact on the ROI and more importantly, the return on ad spend I get out of the other end of the funnel off in search and display. And that's, that's where I want to kind of live and talk and discuss um, today is how all of those things play together and that if we've got the right marketing message in the right step of the customer journey, we guide them along that journey and, and get to a much more effective ad spend at the purchase. 
this this is this may be a tangent. If if so, drag me back. But um, <laughs> do you do you think that um, display advertising and social media advertising is exclusively top of the funnel? Social media advertising absolutely is top of the funnel. Um, to a dis- degree, I feel like display is top to mid funnel. And and let me kind of explain where my thinking is on that. So when we're talking about social media advertising, we are talking about being able to target people based on their interest in topics. So Mm -hmm. when I'm in say Facebook, I can target people based on their interest in all things homeownership. Mm -hmm. For instance, I have, Mm -hmm. I have a client that I work with doing stuff around that. Um, they're interested in making improvements to their home or they're interested in building a home from scratch or they're interested in and everything that goes along with that right yep. so they might be they might be consuming a lot of content on HGTV or the DIY channel or they may be listening to all kinds of homeownership type podcasts they may be into um, flipping houses so as I go into all of these related topics, I can create buckets uh, that define what that audience is based on what they're interested in, right? Yep. I can then target people because they have already demonstrated an interest in channel. And by the way, I can do this in Facebook. I can do it in Instagram. I can do it in Pinterest, in um, Twitter, just about every social channel out there. I can define that audience by the indicated that they're interested in. The cool thing with paid social placement is that I'm targeting people because they've demonstrated an interest in a topic mm-hmm. rather than they're actively searching for information on. So basically I'm targeting people that show interest, but they may not know me. I have an opportunity to introduce myself to a passive audience. So when you think about it and you think about how you pick up your mobile device and you scroll through either your Twitter feed or your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed at that moment, you're not looking for anything in particular. You're probably just killing time for a little while. Maybe you're sipping coffee at Starbucks or whatever. Um, And you run across something that, Oh, catches your eye because you're already interested in whatever that you've, you've engaged with other stuff. So it's very top of funnel. It's an opportunity to introduce myself to somebody that I know is already qualified based on things they're interested in, but they've never heard of me in particular. Right. Right. So that's very, very top of funnel. We can use that sort of behavior to begin to acquire audience that we can then drive to the website and use for additional engagements. Now, Switching over to display where I'm looking at banner ads or sidebar ads, things that I place with the um, Google display network and and stuff like that, right? I'm on a website. Let's say I'm on, oh, let's say I'm on Webmaster Radio's website Mm -hmm. and I'm looking for, I'm looking for stuff to um, listen to, but there are ads running in that space, right? That are related to the topic that's on that website. Okay. Google kind of sort of knows that I'm interested in it because I'm already on a website that Google knows and understands that here are the topics and things that this website deals with. And here are ads related to those topics. Is it as good a metric and a gauge of my interest in whatever that ad is 
as the social media stuff? No, probably not. Um, just because the engagement's a little bit difficult to suss out. And if I can be honest with you, there are tons and tons of display advertisers that just spam all over the web without really making sure that the placements are well targeted. Um, so there's a lot of disconnect even in display. But having said that, um, if we're doing this right, hopefully my social media and my display campaigns are working together so that as I introduce myself, at, say as a video ad that has a lot of branding on it and social media, okay, somebody sat there and they watched that for three to 10 seconds. That's a very long engagement, a very long and deep impression in social. The next time they see that brand in display on a website that they're interested in, the more likely they're going to recognize it, the more likely it's actually going to catch their eye because it's something familiar. Whereas in display, we may just tune it out, right? There's a lot of that just like ad blindness going on because we're so used to display ads in other websites. Mm -hmm. But if it's something familiar, something that I've seen before, even if it wasn't in display the last time I saw it, oh, that catches my eye. It's familiarity, right? Okay, so I now I've gotten a very high funnel um, impression in social media and I've leveraged that impression with a second impression in display. Gotcha. What are my odds that sooner or later somebody's going to click on that? I do have a response, but I'm going to save it until after. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will collect it during these messages from our sponsors. So please don't go away, Michelle and audience. Stay with us. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Ed Widge-Dentica, Taya Obrecht, Julie Orancher, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Cutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. 
Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Michelle Stinson-Ross. And we're talking about, well, most recently funnels and display advertising, etc. So um, I'm not going to get into tactics, but I will point out that on the Google Display Network, there are now ways to get ads in front of audiences not just uh, websites based on keywords and topics. Right. So I can, for example, get my ads with a, a good deal of certainty of pharmacists and only pharmacists and follow them around as they traverse different sites on the Google Display Network. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say that I have a product or service that is not well known and even the need for it is not really well perceived. I may be, um, I may have my hands tied and I may not be able to do, get a lot of traction with search. And I may be able to be so specific in my targeting that I can make sure that I get tailor the message and the landing page such that um, I actually do get bottom of the funnel traffic from display advertising. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just a caveat. Sure. Well, and I would say it kind of depends on how well that's converting because Mm -hmm. yeah, you may be able to drive it, but to bottom of the funnel, but are they really ready to convert in that moment? I would say, let's hope to God you got all your remarketing pixels running on that thing because I may want to retarget them. I may want to chase them around the web a bit more until they're really comfortable with filling out that form and taking that next conversion step. Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of that layering basically is what we're doing. We're layering several channels, several messages, because each step of the journey requires a slightly different message. It's like, mm-hmm. first, I, first, I want to introduce your, myself to you and, and make you familiar with me. Then we can start talking about things that you're interested in and things that we're interested in and where we've got common ground. And then, oh, hey, we've got this product that's really great for whatever it is that you're doing and the thing that you're doing. Um, that's layered. Mm-hmm. And if I'm doing that right from social to display to search back to say something in YouTube, that if I'm doing the remarketing correctly, they're making that selection to go down the funnel, to go on the journey with me, right? I'm not having to try and, and do so much heavy lifting and possibly run up my cost per engagement, my cost per impression, my cost per action, which could be a click and lowering that click through rate, that lowering that opportunity for engagement. Um, 
all of those things, if I'm playing this thing from end to end, well, I wind up improving over the course of the entire campaign from channel to channel to channel, um, a better return on that ad spend because I captured them high in the funnel for really, really cheap and social. And by the time I've gotten them to say, okay, I'm going to put in that I want to buy type query that I really want to target in search because that thing pays off day after day after day. Um, that they know to go search those I want to buy type queries and trust me enough because they've already seen me fairly often to go ahead and click that link and, and finish the job and make that purchase. Gotcha. So what what's kind of the ideal um, path through the funnel from uh, display or uh, paid social to search? I'm actually doing some really fun stuff with a um, e-com client right now. And it's, it's not even, it is a consumer product. So we're talking B2C in this case, mm -hmm. but it's not an inexpensive consumer. It's technically luxury goods. It's luxury golf apparel. Gotcha. And so the price point is pretty high. I really do not have an expectation that they will convert on a social ad just because they don't know who I am. Likely they don't know who I am when they see that ad. Um, but because I know at the end of the day, what I want to get is a purchase for luxury golf apparel. Start the journey in say Facebook and Instagram. Um, this company's um, customer base is kind of on the older end. So I see a lot of activity in Facebook mm -hmm. and practically none in any of the other channels. Interesting. So, so we're definitely playing in Facebook's playground with this particular audience. But I start out defining them very high in the journey. Maybe they've heard of me. Maybe they haven't. But I'm defining them based on their interest in all things golf which if you've ever played in the Facebook advertising system, you can just continue to type in pro golfer names and names of PGA tours and all that kind of, you can build a huge bucket of hundreds of terms that are golf terms, right? I layer that with interest in luxury goods. So I may be using terms like David Yerman and Prada and all of those luxury consumer brands that we all know huge right. bucket of that. Okay. So I've qualified them based on their interest in golf and their ability to financially be interested in purchasing luxury products because those aren't cheap. Um, I'll introduce them to the brand with say a video that just has brand logo all over it, but still uh. cool, still fun to watch. I take that. I use the people that actually did watch whether for three seconds or 10 seconds or whatever and I use that retargeting pool because that's what it is in Facebook. It is a, a video retargeting pool. And I'll serve them with, um, in this case, because it's holiday season, they're probably going to get some sort of, hey, we're running our Black Friday specials, right? Um, to get them to the website. And then by the time I've gotten up to the website, my PPC counterpart, because both of us work on this and we work on it together. She's paying attention not only to click through and whatever in her display and search ads, but she also watches for brand lift. Any time I'm running video, she's like, oh my God, look at that. The lift in brand is ridiculous. Um, 
and I paid for it for like one to two cents per video view and got her quite a bit of brand lift. It's quite funny to watch. How do, how do you measure brand lift? So she's particularly watching. We obviously we do buy our brand terms because it'd be silly not to. Right. right. So she, she watches um, click through and engagement rates on those particular branded campaigns for branded search. And it's funny because we ran into an issue where when the seasons changed, we saw a significant drop in brand searches. Just people weren't typing in the brand name to do anything. And so we started running the video ads in Facebook and lo and behold, people started typing in the brand name again. And we were picking up additional sales and, and traffic back to the website on brand because we were exposing people to the brand in Facebook. That's a really important um factoid it is and we've consistently i've it's so i've been doing this type of brand exposure um type campaigns for like the last two years or so ever since i could really do interesting retargeting with with video content and it never fails anytime i can put brand in front of a passive audience i see them behaving with brand searches they just gotcha. do Yep. I, it made enough of an impression. It stuck enough in their heads that even if they didn't watch an awful lot of the video or they didn't click through on an ad at that point, it was memorable enough. We got that brand impression, right? That when it was time to think about it, they went back to search and asked for it. Nice. Yeah, that's And I, I was not being facetious. That's a really important strategy and set of tactics. And and a, and a good reason for one of them, several reasons for um, including brand campaigns and paid search accounts. Mm -hmm. It's a trust factor. Mm -hmm. It's like the more often I've seen it, the more I know it, um, the more likely I'm going to click on it. And that's just human behavior. So what do you think about um, what, what role does remarketing play in that uh, in the customer journey you just described? Well, the, now you kind of begin to see that remarketing, retargeting, depending on which channel you're in, each channel calls it something right. slightly different. Right. Um, it plays a huge role, right? Because let's say I am starting really high top of the funnel in social media and I do a video ad and then retarget based on the engagement with video to send them to say a blog article somewhere on your website. Well, I've gotten gotten them to the website. And like I said, so long as all of your um, tracking codes for Facebook, for Pinterest, for LinkedIn, blah, 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 plus your um, AdWords remarketing pixel, so long as all that's there, I've gotten them to the website. I can now segment and choose based on what pages or what multiples of pages to send them to the next step. So let's say thanks to the remarketing pixel, I can work on cart abandonment um, campaigns, right? Mm -hmm. Where they've looked at product. They've even gone so far as to put some things in the basket, but they didn't complete that purchase. I can use my remarketing pixels in both Facebook and in um, AdWords to say, hey, uh, come back and, and look at this group of product again. Mm -hmm. Or here's, here's an additional discount just to get you to finish the purchase type thing. Mm -hmm. There are lots of, because these pixels allow us to really segment 
the website traffic based on behavior. Like um, for the homeowner audience that I was talking about earlier that I work with another brand with, I actually want them to come read several different um, informational pieces on my website. And I can make sure that I'm relating topics to one another. It also helps my SEO, by the way, to get people to visit several different pages on my website that are related mm-hmm. to one another. Hello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just saying there's, there's more to it than just paid advertising. You, you just, you just uh, hinted at something that's, that's a little bit heretical. And before I tell you what that is, we've got to <laughs> listen to some more messages from our sponsors. <laughs> so don't go away. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm Webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing. From SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry. On air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with the heretical, I mean, the, the <clears throat> vice president, well, executive vice president of <laughs> operations. <laughs> Apogee results. Whose um, whose favorite hobby is tipping sacred cows? There you go, and you do it so well. Um, so let's see. There are those who say that there there is absolutely no connection between PPC and SEO. In other words, um, the you can't use PPC to influence organic ranking. I think you've just refuted that. Uh, I won't say that I'm going to have a direct impact on a particular page's ranking, 
because of it. But most of the reason why pages rank the way they do is based on user behavior, right? If I go from search to a query and um, I find a really good answer to it, and as a user, I sit there on that page and I consume it, um, that's a signal, one of many signals, yeah. um, that, okay, that page actually was a good answer to that query. We'll continue serving it for that query because people are actually getting value out of it. Now, hello, um, that search visit got a user to a page. How many of us actually log out of our social media accounts or God forbid, our Google account when we're on that Chrome browser, right? right? Most likely that search visit also caused that user to pick up cookies that we can then use to retarget based on the page that you just visited. So you might come in from search to um, find an answer to a question, but I know you visited that page. I can say, oh, hey, since you were interested in information on this particular topic, Maybe you might also be interested in information related to it the next time you're scrolling through Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm using the remarketing pixels in a way that is actually valuable to the user. And that's what really matters with whether we're talking about PPC, whether we're talking about social media, whether we're talking about organic search, is are we actually providing real value to the user? Well, based on your behavior that we've engaged with so far, I'm pretty sure that you're going to be interested in this next topic, whether I'm retargeting you in Facebook or whether I'm retargeting you in say Google display for the same reason you visited a particular page on my website and demonstrated some definite interest in the topic. Right. Um, But the reason why this does holistically help with um, search is because all of that behavior, regardless of how it came onto the site, um, users clicking from one related piece of something to another related piece of something indicates to Google that, oh, these two pages are related. The, nice. the cross-linking, so the, enti- the website structure also indicates to Google that, oh, these pages are related. There's, there's something to this here. Um, but it's user behavior. It's, sure. it's the way people engage from, and the thing is about all of this that matters is that users look at you as a brand, right? Let's say Coca-Cola, just for the heck of it, because every, you know, pretty much everybody's familiar with the brand. No matter whether Coca-Cola is on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or on TV, or you're visiting a landing page, right? Maybe you want to join a contest or whatever that Coke may be running. Um, Individuals, users, customers look at you as a brand that's in several different channels. You, they expect for you to be communicating consistently across all of those channels. Why wouldn't we, when we're paying for those visits and that engagement, why wouldn't we be consistent with that messaging? Speaking of messaging, um, we are coming to make sure that people hear about the next couple of speaking engagements you have. So I am done speaking for 2019. Yay, I can start my my holidays early. But my... First confirmed engagement for 2020 currently is Advanced Search Summit, 
I am going to be one of several masters of ceremony nice. for the expansion of that show's um, content from one track to two. Nice. Well, listen, um, I'm very happy that you joined us today and um, look forward to the next time. I look forward to it too, David. Thank you. And listeners, I look forward to speaking with you very soon on another episode of PPC Rockstars. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.